0: Welcome back to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcast, the motivational poster in your ear. I'm your host, Tim Alanius, VP of Strategic Initiatives at AmericanEagle.com. In this episode, we're going to be diving into digital maturity, DXPs, and even more talking with our friends from Kentico. And I'm excited to introduce to you, who I'm joined by today, Wes McChristian from AmericanEagle.com and Jan Bertola. Wes has been with American Eagle for a long time now, since February of 2011, started as a project manager, and has since become the leader of AmericanEagle.com's Kentico practice, where he provides oversight and direction to a team of project managers and helps execute priorities alongside development resources. Beyond that, even further, he's a leading subject matter expert for the Kentico platform, And he works with personnel to train and innovate, and he works closely with our friends at Kentico. Wes is continuously strategizing with clients and teams to provide daily communication, project updates, guidance into both budget management, production forecasting, and overall the strategic direction of how to execute properly with digital projects. Jan Perla is the VP of Marketing from Kentico Experience. He is a digital and innovation enthusiast, marketing and commercial strategist, and leader. He has worked in the digital marketing and technology space for 14 years, starting in an agency, then freelancing, and then switching over to the client side. Jan specializes in B2B and has worked with both global companies and smaller startups. Currently, as the VP of Marketing at Kentico Experience, a division of Kentico Software, He oversees their global marketing strategy and operations for direct and channel marketing efforts from brand to demand generation and content creation. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. I am so thrilled to have you both here with your years of experience and really just say hi to our listeners. Uh, Wes, why don't you start and then Jan?
1: Yeah, morning, Tim. Thanks for having us. That was a perfect intro, just like I wrote it. Appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. I, I ad lib a little bit here and there just to make sure that It's accentuated in uh, certain areas that it's needed. And Jan, you want to just let our listeners? Yeah.
2: (laughs) Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, Nice to meet you again, Wes. And yeah, uh, as Wes said, uh, nicely said, thank you for the nice introduction. And I'm looking forward to the discussion.
0: Yeah, let's dive right in then. And there's a lot of just different references that we may have to uh, different information. We will provide links to those in the show notes. So definitely, if you are wanting to dig deeper in after hearing the conversation today, check out the show notes. I'll put a reminder in at the end as well. But there's just a lot of information that has been created by Kentico Experience. And I know, Wes, you also contributed to some of that. But before we get into what you've created recently... Let's talk a little bit, like we always do on Lessons for Tomorrow, the past. What have we learned? Where are we coming from? And really through this, there's a lot of just CMS growth. And so what are your opinions about just where we used to be and what CMSs used to do? And then we'll talk about how they've changed for today.
1: Yeah, I mean, if we think back to the way the industry has evolved, and I think you sort of teed me up perfectly for this, right, is they're not really CMS anymore, where we're I think, historically trained to talk about this technology in the context of content management and probably web content management. And I think Kentico and their experience product specifically is, is neat because it's evolved beyond that, mm-hmm. right? It's meant to help manage and support an experience that's not just or it's more than content, right? It, it's more than just the single digital property. It's meant to just help provide a consistent brand experience to end users Beyond just the traditional content management system offerings that have been available in the past.
0: Yeah. With that, too, I would say that dating myself back into the 1995 era of when the very first CMS was published and Kentico Experience team presented at Gartner Symposium and Dominic from Kentico Experience had kind of talked about this entire timeline of where CMSs were. and. It's amazing to me, and, you know, not always looking backwards, that the first CMS was actually published in 95. Google wasn't even launched until 97. So CMS has been around even longer than Google.
1: And, Jan, I'm sure you've got a good perspective on this. But, you know, I think it's because even before Google, there were, there were management needs, mm-hmm. right? There was, there was this desire to curate and create something for folks at home to consume, Right. Mm -hmm. For this little thing called the Internet. And, you know, I think Google is a byproduct of that, you know, in such a way. Don't tell them I said that. uh, (laughs) That's probably don't worry. They're always listening. I know. I know. It's their world. (laughs) We're just living in it.
0: Yeah. And what are your thoughts about the early years of CMS and just kind of its evolution since then?
2: As we said, yeah, uh, don't tell to Google, but uh, there was internet before Google, yeah, there were websites before Google, and there was a need to manage them, yeah, to manage content, to create content, to deliver the content. That was actually the, the origin of the development of the first content management system or website content management system, how also some analysts uh, usually call them, and yes, Actually, the whole digital world uh, started to explode, yeah, and rapidly grow with all these new opportunities how to create content, how to manage that, how to deliver that, yeah, through different channels, different experiences. It's still about the content, yeah, basically, but it's like different types of content and uh, different, let's say, deliveries, yeah, different experiences of that content. So therefore we moved from just let's say website content management or just content management to the whole digital experiences area that's basically in my eyes the whole idea behind that uh, change from content management system to digitally experience platforms yeah because it's much more than just managing the content yeah it's about those whole digital experiences now and yes, uh, yeah, first CMS was created before Google. And we saw it actually in Kentico's history too, yeah? We were created as a, as a CMS. Then we developed to the what we called EMS, yeah? Enterprise Management Systems, yeah? And then we actually developed to the DXP, what we are now, yeah? In Kenteco Experience. And there were like internal startups and tries to like catch other trends, yeah? On the market. In the meantime, there is also a second product in the company, yeah? which is approaching uh, content management differently but today we are talking about digital experience platforms about Kentico experience but yeah you can see like big part of that history even in the history of Kentico experience yeah
0: yeah and, and Jan you talked a great outline of just the digital maturity that's happened in the space right and where it started as CMS's back in the day and, and you can see this too as to how Gartner has also shifted their terminology around the magic quadrants where as we have had technology evolve and grow from what I loved as a developer way, way back in the day of simple HTML because the experience was the experience and people didn't expect more than what they saw, which was beautiful back then.
1: Still have clients using Dreamweaver. Yes.
0: Oh, oh. Macromedia (laughs) before Adobe. Yes. And then the growth into just where the kentico cms and that whole timeline that you just walked through it's just the maturity of also the new advantages of the technology that comes out the right. new programming languages and the capabilities but also the new versions of the web and we have to keep that in mind with everything too and and so with that digital maturity i think this is also where you see a big shift in how consumers use the internet at first it was very just informational and it was less about the experience it was more about I need to find this. How do I do that? MapQuest is my favorite thing in the world. And then it became, all right, now we actually are starting to engage more. And as we had the devices start to become more mobile, I think that's also what helped the maturity of the experience be needed in the delivery end because that maturity had to happen in order for those devices to grow in their success. And you look at the first iPhone launch as well by Apple, and then the experience of having the Internet with you pretty much anywhere now where most people's most powerful device is in their pocket. It's not even a laptop or a desktop computer. Most people can run their whole life off their phone now, which is just incredible to see in that growth. Uh, Before I go too far into that, though, I want to make sure that we talk about Kentico Experiences view on the digital experience maturity. And there's a report that was put together and released by Kentico Experience team. And Wes, I know you helped contribute into that report as well. Jan, why don't you give us a little bit of an overview uh, of that report? What uh, kind of stemmed the the need for it in your mind? And then, uh, you know, just talk us through a little bit of the highlights from it.
2: So basically, we've developed our digital experience maturity model to have uh, the framework to help our partners and help our customers to grow within their digital experience maturity, yeah. There's a plenty of models out there, yeah, of digital experience maturity, uh, but uh, how we wanted to differentiate uh, our own model was that it, it's not a marketing tool primarily for us. It's really a tool to assess your own level of maturity in in different areas of how you orchestrate the digital experiences. Yeah, find the weak spots. Yeah and focus on how you can grow or where it makes sense to grow in the digital experience. So this is basically something what I believe is a big differentiator of our model and why we actually uh, uh, approach that this way. And this was also the reason why we did not develop it only internally, yeah, on our own. We did a lot of interviews and research with our partners. As you already mentioned, Wes was actually also involved in in that creation. Yeah, uh, many customers were involved in that creation to really understand how they are currently growing their digitally experienced maturity, yeah, within our platform or with an, any other tool of marketing technologies that they may have. Yeah, to understand actually what is the way how they approach it yeah what are the pain points they see yeah to build the model really the let's say the way that you can take a look at it you can assess different parts of it and it can really help you to continue with your growth yeah not just to take a look on some let's say a high level model where you can have a nice chit chat over it yeah but it won't help you uh, to change anything so that was the whole idea behind that digital experience maturity, because the complexity yeah, of this digital experience orchestrating is now much bigger, as you described before asking the question how actually the whole digital era ever developed and basically what are all the channels and everything. So this whole complexity is uh, is really hard to understand, hard to actually move in, yeah, and that was the reason why we wanted to be. And say as much usable as as possible.
0: Yeah. And Wes, what are some of your thoughts on helping, you know, the Kentico experience team with the report and, and just your thoughts about the digital maturity models? There's a ton out there. And, and before you, you respond this, let me say, it. yeah, I love the way that you phrase it. This wasn't meant to be just a marketing tool. It's meant to actually help our customers grow and understand where they're at and where they can go next. Because I see so many different digital marketing maturity models in the space, and a lot of them are all fluff. And this is not that. This is definitely different. And so Wes, what are your thoughts on how it's kind of come to fruition after all the interviews and and support?
1: As a marketer, as a strategist, tactically, we've never had more ammo, right? We've never had a bigger toolbox. And I think, whether your team is one or 50 there's very often this sort of urge to use everything and the maturity model I think helps us focus on where are your strengths where are your weaknesses and why are we doing these things right how does it help move the needle for the business and I think the specifically the model that Kentico and the experience team have put together help frame that in such a way that it's how is it relevant to me and my team and let's push out the perspective of what are our competitors doing what is our inspiration doing but how can we as an organization mature tactically in order to you know achieve the goals and objectives that we're setting out to accomplish
0: yeah and and in this model too the other aspect that i i really enjoyed was a a difference of the structure of the model mm. and where you're at so Jan, would you take us through kind of the, the structure of the model? Just just quickly, we don't have to go in-depth into each step, but just from beginning to over time, how this model really differentiates itself immediately.
2: Yeah, you will be able to download it in the assets. So basically, we use the analogy with the housing or settlements here. So basically, we have different stages of the maturity and to have some kind of like <laughs> feeling when you look at it, we actually have the levels named by the different types of settlements yeah so you have the the lowest level is home yeah and then you go through hamlet village town to the city and metropolis and the mega city yeah so this is one difference yeah that we are really trying to explain or introduce some analogy which will easily help you quickly understand yeah the differences yeah and then the second uh, difference is that we are really they assessing a different let's say Areas of digital experience creation and digital experience maturity. Yeah, it's not basically that uh, fluff you mentioned, and I, I know that it's uh, surprising to hear from a marketer. Yeah, <laughs> calling uh, <laughs> other marketing tools a fluff. Yeah, but yeah, th- here we really wanted to basically keep our value, company value, about which is tied with successful customers. Yeah, in that model. So it's really how you can develop. Your digital maturity in SEO, in analytics, in design optimization, in email marketing. So this is these are the different parts of that digital experience maturity model. And the important thing here is that obviously the complexity is overwhelming. Yeah? And all we wanted to have it somehow simplified, but it's important to understand, yeah, that you are not in, actually at one level yeah, in everything. So yes, if you if you take a look on the table. You can say that you are a town or you are a city. Yeah? But then if you deep dive into different areas, you can find out that you are actually at the Hamlet level in one area of digital experience, yeah, maturity, and then you are a metropolis or megacity in, in other part. Yeah? And when I take a look at this yeah, and assess us as Kentico experience, because we are also using our own platform, yeah? if I assess us with my marketing team, we know that in some parts of that, we are really home or Hamlet, yeah? But in other parts of our own digitally experience maturity, we are metropolis or Megacity. So that's another important aspect to understand that it's not, let's say, linear, it's not so simple. You have to really think about your company needs, yeah? And the parts which are important for you and your success, yeah?
0: Absolutely. And you did a great job explaining a very visual diagram that's on page seven of the document that you can download, as mentioned, where all these different rows of just application to identify. It's not that you have to match yourself up across your whole company and find one. It's that underneath each of those areas, you should understand the maturity of that area, which I think is, is a critical shift from a lot of models. A lot of models are where are you are as a whole. Versus this is where you're at at individual specific subject matter areas. And I think that really helps differentiate the need for growth and also where you might just only grow to a certain level of maturity. And that's as far as you'll go. So why try and push beyond it when you don't need to? And when I talk to
1: clients about, you know, not necessarily this model specifically, but like, how are we going to? grow your business how are we going to strategize right there's a very cultural implication to this model as well right because there's some humility and self-awareness that goes into acknowledging hey i'm a hamlet i'm mm-hmm. not a megacity when it comes to seo and i may want to run ppc but is that the right move for me right mm-hmm. now and i think it's just always helpful to like look at the model evaluate objectively where you're at and celebrate where you're at because the journey never really ends
0: Yes. As we all know, it was ongoing forever and ever and ever. There's always something else. (laughs) And that's great. And that's what honestly I love about this industry in this space is that we are always seeing new innovation brought forth in the different platforms and the different approaches to everything. And I think that really is a good segue into talking a little bit more about a newly coined phrase and and it's really Kentico experiences own term of unified DXP. And and before we unpack that, let me just kind of take a step back and explain kind of where we've been at. So, we talked a little bit about where we were in the past with just the CMSs, the growth and how that's evolved over time into DXP. Now we've had this big aspect of composable. And composable is an area that has been talked about. It's another big buzzword and Uh, anyone who listens to the show knows that we talk about a lot of buzzwords on this show because it's our industry and it's also in my nature to use buzzwords so it creates the most synergy it does yes it creates the most synergy and and with that there's the aspect of headless and headless and composable are starting to be interchanged in different ways but what i really want to go back to is just really understanding and, and again this was done in the Gartner marketing symposium talk that Dominique gave from Kentico experience about just where they're at. And so I want to read a quote about composable DXP applications from Gartner and that is composable DXP applications should be built out of smaller modular capabilities and or packaged business capabilities PBCs as opposed to today's mostly monolithic all-in-one DXPs. So it became this new buzzword push of Well, you should be able to just kind of take and modularly build whatever you want. And when you listen to the way that Kentico Experience talks about the way that composable works and the way that integrated DXP works and really the way that unified DXP works, it's really exciting about the approach for what you can do. And so Jan and Wes, if you guys want to unpack that a little bit more for our listeners of just where... There's some differences between the different approaches. Definitely there's in depth that you can go back and listen to and we'll provide that link as well. But what can you provide our listeners right now? Just talking a little bit about that newly coined term unified DXP from Kentico experience and what what that really means for them at the end of the day.
2: This podcast uh, is actually recorded before I will talk about a similar topic on other conference, but it will be published after this talk. So there might be one additional video and we rephrased actually the previous topic from Dominic's presentation at Gartner Marketing Symposium to a different topic for myself to that conference. And the new actually title was, is a composable DXP the right fit for everyone? And yeah, I can now uh, have the whole talk, which is uh, 20 minutes, uh, but uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's take it shorter. <laughs> so basically the simple answer is no, obviously. Yeah. Right. And if you listened us uh, talking about digital experience maturity and different levels and basically assessing where you need to be yeah, in different areas, you can understand why. Yeah. So basically. If you are really at that let's say mega city level, that the uh, highest level of our digital experience maturity and you really are so mature and you really need to orchestrate any area of your digital experiences, yeah, for your customers with best of breed tools, yeah, in the way you really in the ways that really fit your specific needs, then you probably have enough capacities and budget, yeah, you are Amazon or you are Tesla, you are basically digital major companies, digital native companies, then a composable DXP, yeah, uh, may, may be a right fit for you because you are basically stitching, as you read this definition from Garden Tim, you are stitching different best of breeds to different applications, which actually really Fit your needs, yeah. Together on your own. This is composable DXP, yeah. And uh, there are companies, yeah, that are great fit for composable DXP approach. But if you are lower in digital experience maturity, and there is no shame to be lower in dig- digital experience maturity, yeah, we are not all Amazon, yeah, we are not all Tesla companies. Then probably a different approach is good for you, yeah, because you basically need to start some of uh, the areas of digital experience maturity you are at different levels in different areas of the digital experience maturity so a unified dxp how we call it can be a way to achieve your success to achieve your goals because the unified dxp actually in our eyes means that you have a unified platform yeah with user interface, with architecture unified, with actually out-of-the-box features where you can start and grow your digital experience maturity in different areas. Yeah? So you can start with email marketing or marketing automation, et cetera. And then yeah, you can grow your digital experience maturity. And if you achieve the level that you outgrow the capabilities of the unified platform, which is obviously not best of breed in everything yeah. Then you can easily plug in some best of breed tool. Yeah. So basically you can decompose the uh, unified DXP, but just. Basically, that one tool where you outgrow the maturity of that platform. And that way you can start building your digital experience maturity with a unified platform. And then later, if needed, you can start actually uh, plugging in some best of read tools. Yeah? So that was the whole idea behind this term. Yeah, where we see the fit uh, with the digital experience maturity model and with the companies who are really not at that mega city level in any area of digital experience, uh, experience maturity.
0: Great breakdown. And, and in my mind, exciting opportunity for where the majority of companies really are at. And, and like you said, there are the bigger ones who Composable is correct for. And I try to make sure in some way, shape or form, I always involve uh, talking about my wife and my podcast, uh, which is fun. So I'm going to just try and unpack what you said in, in, into a layman's terms, right? Where Composable DXP, Right. That's like if you want to do a remodeling project, which we're doing in our kitchen right now, and you took the approach of going out and finding an individual contractor for every aspect of the work, flooring, plumbing, electrical, drywall, painting, et cetera, et cetera, right? Cabinetry. You're now working with five to six different contractors versus in a integrated DXP, you're working with one, but you're limited to the one and the skill sets that they have and the people that they have. So they might have a plumber, but he may have just finished you know, his tradesman school in plumbing and maybe isn't ready for the challenges of what we're trying to do. And you don't have a choice. You are locked in with that single vendor from that perspective and, and the strength that they're at in all the different areas and disciplines that they're trying to provide. But then with this unified DXP, you're really finding the core of the group having much more of that trusted general contractor who's going to handle the core elements. And he already has experts in different areas that he'll bring in, but only as he has to because he's really trying to be as efficient as possible for you. So I think I did a good job of making sure I included her in the explanation there. But that's really how I see the difference between composable DXP, integrated DXP and and the unified DXP approach where, yes, very large companies, composable works for you you're okay handling multiple vendors. You're okay going into different platforms, and that's fine for your needs because you have big enough teams who can focus in and do that. But when you have a small to medium-sized team where you don't need them to have to learn every different platform, but there's maybe a few different platforms or one platform they can learn and it works well enough for you, integrated DXP provides that option. But really the approach with Unified is giving you the strength of your team starting with a core that they can continue building from, but has what they need to do their job day in,
2: day out. Tim, you, you nicely decomposed what I said. <laughs> That's right, yeah. in a
1: very unified
2: way.
0: Yes, wonderful. Yeah. I unified yeah. the decomposed composable. That's a phrase I just wanted <laughs> to
2: add one more complexity yeah, to that, because yeah, you mentioned the, these different tools and choosing the right tools. Yeah? And uh, I listened to previous episodes, and I know that the, this was already mentioned, but let's mention it again. Majority of the listeners probably know the Marketing Technology Landscape Supergraphic from Mm -hmm. chiefmartech.com. There is more than 8,000 Martech solutions in the version from 2020. And uh, plus, there is another landscape infographic, Sales Tech from Nancy Nardin. And there's other 1,078 Sales Tech solutions in that infographic for Mm -hmm. 2021. So imagine that you are trying to choose best of breed tools, fitting perfectly your specific needs for your company and building that composable DXP in your company. So yes, you can do it. And if you have enough capacities and budget and focus on that, you will probably have like better results at the end yeah, than with unified or integrated platform. But if you do not have yeah, these, these capacities, this budget, this knowledge, then you will end up like swimming in the middle of Pacific Ocean, yeah?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And
1: I'm so glad Jan brought it up because this is where I believe Composable came from, right? Is this, we've seen great digital and technological innovation over the last 10 years. And we'll see even greater in the next 10 years, but Composable, I think, right? the advent of it is because you have so many different options. Mm-hmm. And in order to play your hand, you're going to trade cards, right? And the composable nature of of each of these solutions is meant to help you get the better hand for your digital marketing team, and the unified approach I think is is just it's a, it's a little bit more purpose built, right? It's, it speaks to a more bespoke nature of how do we evaluate these systems and how do we put them to work for us, knowing that there's this just enormous spectrum of technology that we can
0: apply to achieve results. Yeah, absolutely. and Wes, I wanted to pick your brain a little bit too on this about just you know as we look at the approach with. Customers And as you work with customers and the Kentico uh, product team here at AmericanEagle.com, how are we bringing Kentico experience and working with customers? Because it's really about goals and, and successes yeah. first, right? right? So kind of talk to us a little bit about how you approach utilizing this in the the real-world application of a, a new project or an upgrade into the newest version.
1: Yeah, so, I I, I mean, you hit it right on the head. I think we, we try and take a, a fairly... Uh, objective approach to uh, helping you achieve your goals and objectives. And very often we'll hear from, from clients, oh, we want to do this, or we want to do that. And I'll always say, why, why do you want to do that? And, and, you know, their responses is something along the lines of, well, our competitor is doing it, or I read an article about it. And so then we have this nice conversation about, okay, let's slow down a little bit. Let's have a discussion about how we can move the needle and the reality is with the solution that Kentico Experience has crafted, we can tactically execute a lot of those kind of wish list items directly inside the feature set that's present inside of the enterprise edition of the product. So we do things like personalization, we could do things like broadcast email, we do things like contact tracking, activity, that sort of mm-hmm. thing, lead scoring. And, you know, when the feature refreshes they've released for the product over the last year, there's also a number of just pre-built integrations and connections. So if we can use our imagination, right, we see this narrative coming together of the unified DXP with this core system that allows us to do a whole slew of different things, but also, right, it enriches all the other systems that are part of, of, of the technology ecosystem as well through these connectors, you know, we can certainly extend to any other systems as well. And, and I think that's like the backbone of the conversation that we have with our clients is how do we achieve these goals and what are the pieces of the puzzle that we slot in in order to tactically get you there?
0: Wonderful. I, lo- I love the word you used, enriches. And I think that just stems so well with the new coined phrase of just unified. Because to me, that enrichment comes because it's unified. Right. And I've been there, you've been there, Jan's been there of trying to integrate multiple different systems who start to have overlapping features that which one do we use, which one is best for the situation. And then you feel like it's, well, I always equate it to Microsoft Excel where I know maybe 1% of the tool and I never use the other 99%. Right. And for me, it's just knowing that that approach where your business can grow in a unified manner versus a separate siloed manner is huge, especially in today's world as Jan mentioned with the number of tools that are out there that you could pick from. Also those tools are merging and I could confidently say that three years ago, even two years ago, a lot of those logos have changed in that MarTech diagram Absolutely, because of acquisitions, because they drop out and they're no longer viable. So a lot of companies are switching tools in a two to three year time frame, And why put your business through that? Focus on your business growth, right. not your tech stack change. So that's the unified approach. I, I love the new term, Jan and, and Kentico Experience team. It, it's just one that I really think is going to resonate well with everyone who's out there in this space. Let's kind of move from present state into future uh, as we look to kind of close out the show today. What do we see coming in the future with uh, DXP, with unified DXP to just use the new term that uh, everyone's been introduced to here? What's three to five years from now? And I'll start with Jan and then we'll have Wes uh, kind of give your, your thoughts on it. But where are we going to be in three to five years? What do you think the, the digital maturity is going to uh, grow into?
2: One thing is that in digital maturity there will be, or at least in, one, in our model, there will be definitely more lines of areas you need to cover, yeah. And uh, we can then discuss which area will be, uh, will be more important. Uh, but uh, talking about the trends, yeah, uh, what we see is definitely more and more, again and again, yeah, and this is something what is uh, old, but uh, low-code, no-code approach. And it's another, uh, let's say, benefit of the unified approach uh, that uh, you can, you can actually build that into it. But these dependencies between marketing and IT teams, yeah, and the possibility of marketers doing uh, a lot of stuff on their own. Yeah. This is one big trend I believe will be discussed even within the composable DXP space because there it's let's say a bigger issue yeah if you have uh, a composable dxp stitch together by your it and then you have your own marketers yeah so this low code approach for marketers then definitely the personalization because it's it's a hot topic now but a lot of marketers uh, are just let's say thinking about it asking about it but never implemented or they are not satisfied with roi there was actually recently some research from Forrester yeah that uh, some 75 of efforts yeah of uh, of uh, of creating automated personalized engagement actually do not meet roi goals yeah mm. so basically how to really fully utilize personalization automation to meet the roi goals uh, is going to be another trend yeah and then artificial intelligence yeah ai We see it more and more again. Why should I set some rules for, for example, personalization? Or why should I fail the meta tags or the descriptions of the images? Yeah. If the AI can do it for, for me instead of me. Yeah. And actually empower marketers to do their main focus. Yeah. To do their jobs. Yeah. These AI plugins and AI utilization is another big trend we are thinking about and we are slowly adding to the product and obviously yeah uh, adoption of of SaaS solutions yeah so mm-hmm. because right now some 60 70 percent of content management or DXP are like somehow implemented in in SaaS or in cloud so that's gonna be another issue connected obviously with security and fragmented world around so these are basically the trends I see and uh, the things which we will need to add to our digital experience maturity model wonderful
0: Wes, I don't know what he left for you to talk you know, about for the future.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, I I just, no, no, no,
1: it's it's great. And I'll admit I waffle on this quite a bit because I think living in a pandemic era or or even post-pandemic era, however, you know, wh- whatever that means to you personally, right? I think COVID in a way sort of pulled the curtain back on anybody that wasn't strong in digital. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so I, I, I think like that has or will have we will continue to see that as an impact for the next short term and that almost amounts to a like a bit of a stall in my mind right where all of these organizations are trying to get current still and i think it brings to mind all of the things that we've been really focusing on for the last 5 years things like content is king and like measurement strategies and how do we and those people specifically who aren't strong or seeking to mature into the future, how do they now adopt and measure their content? And right to state it succinctly. And I think that's that's where I think we're going to see a lot of focus over the next couple of years is is folks focusing on their maturity specifically when it comes to content measurement.
0: completely agree with the businesses were forced with the pandemic, and we've talked about it on the show before, to jump into a digital maturity level that they weren't at yet. Right. Very, very accelerated. Yeah, And a lot of it was survival mode. Right. And that was what we saw in 2020 and into, I'd even say the beginning of 2021. And then it became, okay, we did that. Now we just threw things in to make it work. Now it's all about the efficiency. How do we actually grow it? And there exactly. are some businesses who are probably three to five years ahead in their digital maturity than they should have been at that time for the normal growth pace that they were, you know, typically at. So it's, it's great in the sense that it forced people into it faster. However, it's also a detriment because they weren't ready for it fully. And now that they're going back and assessing it, that's where I think a lot of those different tools were spun up and, Oh, we got to do this. We have to do that. And now it's how do we actually bring the right tools in Exactly. Spend the time to focus. But that also comes with the pain point of replacing tools. Correct. And so I think that's where that growth really comes, as you talked about. And as Jan talked about the different trends, we're starting to see more analysis. We're starting to see more need of, uh, you know, cloud based solutions where I can be in multiple regions And not worry about potentially having something go down. AWS just had a huge outage yesterday. Got resolved last night. I mean, the whole eastern region, at least, of the U.S. I saw was impacted. And that impacted a lot of different software solutions that depend on a cloud SaaS delivery model. Well, there's no backup for them unless they pay more to have a hot, hot situation. And I'm getting really technical here. But it's just really about how do these businesses that now depend on digital experiences to continue driving revenues in the door also have the protection of knowing that I've built a system that can be sustained when different systems and and services go down. And you, you can't cover everything without high cost, but there are certain areas where if you need to ensure that your revenue growth still happens, plan for that, understand how that is all connected. All those systems depend on each other so much now that you really need to understand that for the future.
1: And I think this supports the narrative that of the unified DXP, right? That Kentico has coined in, in that like I've done a number of projects over the last 18 months with organizations that are doing some degree of consolidation, right? Whether it's multiple brands or multiple business units. And each of those brands and business uses have their own mm-hmm. technology <laughs> stack, right? They've made their own decisions on how they are going to do business. And a large part of the strategy work that we're doing is How do we combine these things? How do we how do we smartly combine this technology so that when this consolidation effort is done right to to the spirit of efficiency, you know, that that is still meaningful for the business? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So our our time is up for today. I want to thank both of our guests on the show, Wes and uh, Jan, just for your time today And if you want to learn more and and discover more about a unified DXP, I highly recommend that you check out the show notes. We're going to provide some links there. Because really, as Kentico Experience states on their website about simplicity through unified DXP, you need to discover how you can get over the mountain of technology tools and concepts to streamline your MarTech stack and increase work efficiency. Thank you all for listening today. It has been my pleasure to bring this subject to you and talk about all of the different things, DXP, buzzword related, et cetera, et cetera. So with that, uh, just thank you for tuning into the future by listening to the Lessons for Tomorrow podcasts. Again, for any information that you want to delve deeper into on the topics discussed today, check out the description notes for this episode. And if you want to uncover a topic or submit feedback, email us at tomorrow at and let us know. Be sure to follow this podcast wherever you listen to them to stay up to date with us. And while you're at it, if you wouldn't mind giving us a rating and sharing this podcast with others to prepare them for the future, we would greatly appreciate that as well. We're on social. Follow us on those channels. And lastly, this episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios. I'm your host, Tim Alanius, and I'll catch you in the next lesson.